0: (laughs) Welcome to the shed. Welcome to another mind-blowing episode of In the Shed with Ryan. I'm your host and today I'm joined by Darren LeBaron, who is a mycologist and a permaculture teacher known around the world for his shroom shop masterclasses with over 10 years experience in growing uh, medicinal and gourmet mushrooms. So welcome to the shed, Darren. <laughs>
1: invitation, mate.
0: No worries. Let me just bring this a little bit closer to you. Cool. That's it. Good. So my first question really is what what is your earliest memory of when your connection to mushrooms and the world of growing and medicinal purposes, purposes first? Like when did that start for you on this
1: journey? So if I, I'll be honest, and I go back, I think my real connection with mushrooms came when I was in my early teens at the latest and um yeah i was probably 11 12 13 years old around that period of time and that's when teenage mutant ninja turtles came out yeah <laughs> and, um we all got the pizza bug and um i remember my favorite pizza topping was mushrooms yeah yeah so the mushrooms later on down the line have showed me my connection and relationship to them and that was a key part because that was like the martial arts mm-hmm. the ninjas the pizzas, mushrooms. (laughs) And that's when I first really got into mushrooms because people didn't like mushrooms on pizzas. And um, I also like pineapple pizzas as well. And um, they were just like pineapple mushrooms on pizzas. It was a weird (laughs) thing for most people at the time anyway. But um, I was like an advocate for mushroom and pineapple pizzas still to this day. And um, that was when I really started um, appreciating mushrooms. Mm -hmm. So it started
0: with like a a love of food, love of pizza and a love of of turtles. (laughs) And where did it lead from there? I mean, was it always sort of food that that, um, led you? Was it food? Like food first that made you want to get into the world of cooking or mushrooms itself?
1: So it's like a double-sided journey. So mm. one, there's, you know, just the food. Yeah. It started with the food, you know, from a younger age, you know, and... um you know, wanting to, you know, eat good later on down the line, you know, and then I eventually had a family, you know, so, you know, that's a fast track. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wanted to feed my family. I wanted to grow food for my family. Mm -hmm. So there was all of those experiences coming in. And it just like, you know, for me to be able to, you know, feed the family the correct food that i wanted to mm. i had to dive deeper into like learning and studying i couldn't i thought i could just go out in the garden and throw a few seeds out <laughs> and stuff grow.
0: you probably got that impression <laughs> from what i've done that's <laughs> no, yeah. a good start it's better than how i start. yeah yeah, but yeah
1: i remember i thought like i'm gonna need to go and study this stuff man i'm gonna go and study it and and when i thought studying at first i actually just went to do some volunteering at a local you know community mm. growing project yeah and um I just basically come back from Barbados. That's like where my family's from, you know, where my heritage lies. And like that, that experience also just gave me the bug because everybody in my family from the smallest members right through to the elders all knew about food growing and like where food comes from and the role food plays, not just as a food to consume and eat, Mm. but as far as like community, man, and just keeping the community together. It was like, it was like true currency. Yeah. It's like I saw currency and community through food in a way that I'd never experienced before. So mm. then that's when I came back was like look We had a garden for the first time I'm like yeah, I'm going to grow food for us Thought I could throw some seeds In the ground Tried a few <laughs> things Then thought let me go uh, at, at Synchronicity had it that At our local market There was a farmer's market mm. And there was an organisation Up there that had You know an, an open day coming up So I got invited down To the open day And after going there I just got this kind of yeah there's just this thing happened in it where I got there and I was like wow this like reminds me of Barbados although I was in Chingford East London you know North East London mm. but just seeing people working the land and the community vibes and spirit that was there through food again and I was like yeah I want in on this mm. so I just started volunteering there and then the volunteering led to me actually studying and I went and went back and studied in my adulthood Went and done a level one then I went and done my level two started studying permaculture and all these things there because I had an interest in it from childhood but it became less cool to be Interested in it, at, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, as you get older, I was more interested in football, party, and girls, or, yeah, yeah, all that type of stuff. So I basically came full circle to re- just to study it again, and then when I'm studying horticulture, you know, organic food growing, my f- two favorite units were composting and soil science, and um, I love those units. Um, and but I found out the magic behind composting and the magic behind soil was this thing called mycelium mm. that we wasn't talking about in the in the, in the the session. Like it came up, but it wasn't the thing. Yeah. But as I'm learning more about it, I'm like, well, this is actually the thing. This is the thing, isn't it? This is like the thing that I should be studying and learning <laughs> yeah, yeah. about more. And it had also come up in my, you know, my spiritual development journey. So, you know, that was like me just wanting to eat good and feed my family. Mm. But then as I delve more into learning about, you know, um the roles that, you know, Getting into altered states of consciousness played in spiritual development from indigenous groups right to the here and now, I was like these psychedelics and mushrooms were part of that psychedelic community of you know um stimulants that were coming up to and you know inspire people to become a better version of themselves, become more spiritual, communicate with God all of these kind of things mm-hmm. I was you know into, so it was like the food growing path and my spiritual path yeah. that both mushrooms were <laughs> were things I'd like. I might as well just spend more time and focus on these mushrooms and mm-hmm. fungi and mycelium, and yeah, that's how it. Re- that's when I started to take it really seriously.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's great that I think you started on both sides. You know mm-hmm. what what the what the actual material is. Yeah. You know, and yeah. where it comes from, and what the soil, what it does for the soil, mm-hmm. and everything else. Because you know, there is the world of like tripping, and then you know, the knowledge of what the actual plant is itself, in some people, isn't always there. You know, so what sort of led you into creating something like the Shroom Shop, like coming from a world of, was it like, I've got all this knowledge now, I need somewhere to put it?
1: Okay, so one, you know, I have to give a shout out to the OG Baba Kalindi, who was like a mentor. Um, Teacher, friend, brother—you know—just mm. um, on this journey, on this path that I was on. So when it came to, you know, I was I was growing my own food, you know, growing food. But when it came to growing, you know, like the mushrooms and the fungi, um, at that time we wasn't covering that in any of the stuff that I was studying, you know, mm. at, you know, at college basically. And um, I was just kind of self-studying, and learning it. And when I picked up the first few books and bits and pieces in learning how to cultivate, I found it pretty challenging. And although I came from a food growing background, mm. when I say challenging, meaning like yeah, I was learning these, you know, this these new processes. But for the most part, it seemed like I needed a science lab. It seemed like I needed quite a big budget. You know, there's like barriers to me yeah. learning. Is how
0: that to grow. is that because the the knowledge isn't or the information isn't easy to find, or is it just it's actually really complicated? It's
1: easy to find, and it's not as complicated as some. <laughs> that, that, that was, you know, this was the inspiration for me. When it's just like oh, okay, so like maybe just the the initial authors that I was introduced to, mm. just the the way they worded it. you had these big thick, you know, books that were yeah, basically yeah. like, "Shit, I got to read all this just to grow." Because I didn't have to do all that to grow the strawberries. Those yeah, are all yeah. Problem. Is it, it books <laughs> yeah, you know, like, yeah, basically. <laughs> and I'm like, "Yo, all the resources. I need this big budget. I need a science lab." Like I just felt there was kind of like barriers mm. to you know accessing the information and let alone applying it. And then during that period of time, you know, I was, I was in contact with Kalindi e. e, who was like also a you know a grassroots you know mycologist. As yeah, yeah. Say, you know, independent citizen researcher. He does a lot of workshops as well, from what I've seen as well. Yeah, he had been. Yeah, so that's you know what I was getting plugged into. You know, where I was learning a lot about you know the entheogenic side of mushrooms, and. Um, I had invited him to London because I met up with him in 2011 at the breaking convention to do some work. So I was familiar with his work from years before that, but it was like the first time he was actually coming to the UK to teach about psychedelics and stuff like that. He had previously been teaching about martial arts, so that's what he is, a martial artist. So this is the first time in 2011 he was talking about um, mushrooms and stuff. And that was in Canterbury at the time, and then I was I was an event well I still am an event organizer, so I was like, look, you're coming to Canterbury, or coming to the UK, you're coming to Canterbury, we can do some stuff in London because that's what we're, that's my territory where I'm used to putting on events, and I've got a community that I think would be interested. Yeah, and then with that um, said he stayed at my house for like a week or so and during that time he taught me how to grow mushrooms <laughs> I was like oh this is a walk in the park and yeah. like, the way that he shared it with me yeah, simplified yeah. it broke it down just made it really yeah. accessible it was like let, just hands like, on I bet, I bet you're right. like that's the way of learning for you totally yeah totally. yeah and I love a book I'm a book nerd man you come to my house I love reading and stuff yeah, but yeah. it was just like the way that the knowledge was being presented in the books it just wasn't it's very hard to learn
0: in that way I yeah, find yeah, if yeah, someone yeah. just shows me this is what you do and this yeah, is how you and then you go you okay then you can
1: reflect to the book and then a lot of the things that was being suggested in the books that I needed, like I said, I felt like I needed a science lab and a lot of the names Mm I've never heard of these things before Yeah, go online to find them. Like most of these authors were American. So it was like, you couldn't get them in the UK, you know, yeah. like this is just things like that. So when he come, he just like open my cupboard, just open my cupboard in the kitchen. Like, yeah, you can use that. You can use that. <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, there you go. And yeah, like yeah. that just, yeah, that just opened that up. And for a few years I was doing some stuff with Kalindi, you know, just like hosting, basically I was just hosting him doing the workshops. Yeah. But then he would be, you know, he was coming from Detroit. So he would be here for a few weeks. We'll do a couple of workshops and he'll go back. And then there'll be more people just saying, yo, we want to learn how to grow mushrooms. When's Kalindi coming back? And then mm-hmm. I was getting him back even more often. He was coming like three, four times a year in some cases mm. then eventually he just was like yo man you might as well like teach the people how to grow so I just kind of supported him on one of the workshops it went really well people was like yo you actually like made it even easy because you know the London you're from the UK you, <laughs> you know, know the <laughs> London yeah, you, know, like, you can give us the UK references <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. when you're reading all the American ones they're talking about cups and mm. you know like different measurements yeah. you know it's just like imagine that yeah, it's, just tricky, different. Yeah. Yeah, it's just different so I was able to do all the translations and make it applicable <laughs> and London has got it and then, you know, it started from there. And the next yeah. when I was being invited to Bristol, Brighton and other places. And yeah, that's how it became a thing, man. Mm. And now
0: you've taken it. I mean, we last spoke, uh, well, we didn't last last speak, but we did try to do a pub where well, you was in Mexico. Mm. What's it like doing it in Mexico? I can imagine people are a lot more, not open-minded, but a lot more, it's a, it's a cultural thing there in a mm. sense. You know, you have peyote as well, don't you? Yeah. I think that's yeah. that, that's legal if it's in a traditional purpose if i'm right in so saying it, that ugly, yeah so, so, so what so. what's the the difference of you know, do you do you feel you can do that for like six months in Mexico over there? So quite In all easy. honesty,
1: man, I wasn't in Mexico doing that, man. Oh, I'm Mexico, oh, okay. I worked on my own personal travels. Oh man. right, okay. I ended up doing a pop up <laughs> workshop because yeah, yeah. My first time in Mexico. In between that, I spent quite a bit of time in the states, and I met mm-hmm. somebody in the states who then relocated to Mexico. <laughs> okay. And then you know that yep. was like a year later, mm-hmm. and then they're like, yo, I'm you know I'm working with the community here. Would you join me for one of my pop up sessions? And I was like, alright, cool. So yeah, that's what I out. must have saw then. <laughs> yeah. they yeah, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I tell him, like, this is your gig, mate. I'm just like, I'll come to your workshop, you know. <laughs> yeah, so I yeah. actually wasn't doing that out in Mexico. Mexico was literally me, like, reconnecting like like... with Mexico, yeah, yeah. doing my research. You mm-hmm. know, I was going out to some of the ancient sites and just doing my independent studies. Yeah. But with that said, I still understand that there is a community out there. Yeah, yeah. And there there was, you know, for the most part, if I'll be really honest about it, um, most of the people that I engage with in Mexico – um in the you know for the most part we're not from mexico like that's like yeah, one yeah. of the sad things about nah, mm. what you know the psychedelic community should i say you know, yeah like, yeah i met and gave loads of mexican people and then, you know loads yeah, of people. Yeah. i was in Oaxaca <laughs> and all of that there but yeah. you know when we're talking about this psychedelic space and the renaissance as some mm. refer to it like it's very it was saturated by americans canadians and europeans yeah yeah you know that's who are talking about it and making it happen um that's why i took most of my time not to be around that crowd, yeah, and go and spend time with you, yeah, like with real people. I consider mm-hmm. the real people, yeah, yeah. the land here, yeah. and they're not have they ain't got the same buzz around it as we may have now because it's just a way of life for them. It's just what it is. It's what it has mm-hmm. been for generations, and it's not like this new oh like this new craze, yeah. Basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> for me, that's where I wanted to be, and that's where yeah. I enjoyed yeah spending most of my time.
0: So, what is it you was researching there, sort of studies, or what? What where does your research take you? Is it sort of I know you're interested in the um, the ancient side is it that you were looking into in Pretty
1: Mexico much, yeah so before psychedelics I've always just been interested in like ancient history and cultures and stuff mm-hmm. like that yeah I love it so um, <laughs> you know I was introduced to them you know through books so this is what I'm saying I right, was interested in yeah I don't know how long-winded it will be but an interest in synchronicity because when I actually got mm. to Mexico or to do this voyage I was like alright I've definitely got to go here i definitely got to go there and I've definitely got to go there there's places that I need to go one of those places was Vera Cruz where you find the large Olmec heads So the Olmecs are like the mother civilization of the Americas. It's the first identified civilization, you know, to be, to to be, you know, identified in the States or not just the States because yeah, the Americas. Yeah. 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 yeah, United snakes of America (laughs) definitely is. But but yeah, I wanted to, you know, so there's certain places that I wanted to check out Mm. and I basically Got to, so when I left the UK, the reason why I got to Mexico is was because it was, it was the only place pretty much close to where I needed to get to that had open access. Yeah, I yeah. didn't need to have anything to get yeah, in, there, basically, yeah, yeah. outside of your passport. Mm. Where there was other places saying you needed vaccination. Yeah, you needed this, you needed yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, you didn't need any of that to get into Mexico. Mm. So I didn't want to have any of that stuff. So that was the place to go to. Yeah. And as long as you spent. I think
0: everyone had that <laughs> idea as yeah. well,
1: didn't they? I saw a lot. And like yeah. the plan was as long as you spent two weeks out of the UK, because the UK was like the the danger space at yeah. the time. If you had been anywhere else for two weeks, then you could get access to other places in the world. So I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go to Mexico for at least two weeks. And then during that t- two weeks, I'm gonna tick all those boxes, man. I've got to see these Olmec hairs, you know, that I've been looking in books since yeah. I was a teen man, since a teenager, I've been looking at this stuff. I've, it was my first time going to Mexico. Mm-hmm. So um, when I got over there though, although they had, you know, it was kind of open space, and you know people are out and about when i was getting to these to um, to the museums like all the museums were closed oh shit so i ended up getting there and they're like yo man all the museums are closed like and i actually left um cancun and jumped on a plane to get to Villa Mosa. Yeah, and I was like a couple of hours on a plane to get there got off the plane and I said yeah take me to the museum and the guy says what are you talking about the museums are closed I was <laughs> oh, <laughs> like what do you mean that just spent how much quids and time yeah, yeah, getting yeah, here yeah. to get to yeah, like a day <laughs> <out> there, <laughs> pretty much and it's like going to, it's like, yeah, going to another Mexico's large man I said like going to another country and basically I got there he said yeah the museum's closed I said well I might as well just go there anyway I'm here now and he says you can see some stuff from outside Yeah, so, like, that's better than nothing and actually went there, spent some time outside. But when I got there, there were some vendors who had their stalls out and about. And um, I said to the guy, you know, like, I've come here to see, you know, the Olmec case. He goes, Yeah, if you just look through the gate, you can see one at the back there. <laughs> and, um, or even before that, should I say, I goes, Like, because no one was speaking English. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah so I was like, Does anyone speak English? Speak <laughs> speaks English. But it was like, his closed. <laughs> and they eventually found this guy who spoke English. And he was the one who said, Yeah, you can see some through the gates and stuff like that. And then he goes, Oh, like, what are you here for? I said, Yeah, I'm here to see the Olmec heads and stuff. I goes, Like, where's the other ones? Like, where's the ones that are not in the museum, mm. like, in the out and open? He goes, Oh, nah, man, like miles away. Oh from my it, god! You know? There goes like yeah, that's like a half a day's drive to get there. Yeah. So I said to him, I goes like, well, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, I'm just sitting at my store. And I was like, I've come so far, you know. I was yeah. just Like whatever. I goes, what would you earn today on your table? I'm like, I'll be prepared to give you that so we could go to these Olmec cares because like I've left my country to yeah. come here to see this. Like whatever it takes to do it. And then ironically, he goes, oh, you seem really passionate about you know. Being, you know, going to see these stoneheads. He goes, "Let me show you something." And he pulled out a book and he opened a book and he goes, "My teacher took these other black men. So there was these African Americans who had came there years, yeah, yeah. years before." And when he opened, it, I go "Those are my teachers, man. These are the guys whose books I've been reading over mm. the years." So he goes, "Yo, I've got to introduce you to my teacher." And I'm, yeah, we're going to take you around. So yeah, it was yeah. just like synchronicity had yeah. it that he packed up his bag. Is still. Pull it in the car, and we ended up rolling for about three, four days. You know yeah, so that's how, That's why I was in Mexico. Yeah, yeah. I, I think
0: that, synchronicity so. is the word. there it's like it definitely when you're on the right path, mm-hmm. these things just show up. Yeah, you know, in such a way that it's yeah. just like, okay, that, that you know, the museum's closed, but you find someone <laughs> who pulls out a book that you've been looking at yeah, for years. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's yeah. great. Um So, did
1: you get to see them? Like, you oh, got man, <laughs> what was with you? what? were the book <laughs> so you got me excited because now when I was go- we was going to these places, and it it came like I had the red carpet treatment. Because they had like security there and security looking at us from a distance. And they're like, you know, no, well, they, I didn't understand the time we translating, he was like, nobody's been here in two years since the pandemic. Was yeah, like, yeah. Was, you're the first person <laughs> like, in two years. So and then when I was getting to these places, it was just me. There was no, it was just me and my, you know, my homie who was taking me around. Yeah, yeah. And all these ancient sites. So I just had the spaces to myself. Every now and then there'd be a cat a bird, you know, some wildlife that would join us. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I was at like, all of these ancient sites by myself just spending quality time. It felt like, yeah, synchronicity had it that like yeah, It yeah. was meant to be this way, <laughs> man. So felt blessed in, you know, going to see all them spaces and places and, yeah, be, not, not having all the masses there, you know, mm-hmm. loads of people, loads of footfall. Kind of the hustle and bustle, which he said it was. It would usually be.
0: Yeah, that's the best way, really, with yeah. no one around, is not yeah, Just take it in. Was
1: no <laughs> there was no one around. No one
0: around. Yeah, that's great. Um Have you been to like sort of Egypt and things like that? look through that, through like there, you know, because there are mushrooms on sort of templates and things like that. I've mm-hmm. seen as well. Have you delved into the ancient world of that? Most definitely, because yeah. I find a lot of that history is hard to
1: find in the way that it's been presented. <laughs> yeah, definitely, because like Kalindi would say, it's just hidden in plain sight. Like mm. you need to know the codes you know in most cases if you're coming from that culture you would need to have been initiated to really know and understand and you know us from the outside looking in and just trying to grasp it from a book is not necessarily the best way that you're going to Learning learn process, yeah, yeah. And process what it's all about. But with that said, a combination of reading the books, watching the documentaries, going there, having some amazing, wise teachers that I've been able to break bread with, I've been able to get, yeah, certain insights, and that's what our teachers mm. share about. So, yeah, I had the opportunity to go there, check out the, the temples, you know, check out the pyramids, check out all the places where it's been suggested that they would have been partaking in mushrooms. Yeah, and yeah. There's evidence that suggests that that is the case, and there's mushroom glyphs that you find on the wall, as well as other sacred plant technologies that the ancient egyptians were dealing with Mm. through your research where do you think sort of the the the
0: separation kind of happened because if you look at the western world Mm. we're completely separate from most of this history Mm. and and our understanding of what mushrooms are doing i feel lockdown in one way did you know cause a lot of problems to a lot of people but i found a lot of people went into themselves and researched a lot of this and the sort of mushroom world has come back up you know or Mm. that they can help with depression and stuff like this but through your research, through you know civilizations, and mm-hmm. and where do you think it kind of changed or went went down a different path where we
1: separated ourselves? Yeah, so it's not one particular thing. It's like a series of events yeah, that of have course. taken place yeah, over yeah. years. It's that not you- like
0: day one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, you know. And if we start in the present and we'll kind of work our way backwards, mm. you know, like you know the government, politics, religion, mm. you know, all these players have had their hands in, you know, creating a narrative that makes us look at these things as not positive, as something negative, you know, yeah. whether that's because they were illegal, you know, and they're bad and they're a drug, you know, that's that's the, that's kind of like the modern narrative. And then, you know, even the religious perspective, you know, that they were evil, you know, and that's kind of like dealing with these technologies or, you know, black magic and witchcraft. Mm. And that's why in this part, of the world, even before we go to Egypt, because, you know, before I got to Egypt, so I was doing this type of research and, you know, I'm, I'm born and bred here, yeah. conceived in the UK. So like, I'm interested in what's going on here and the ancient legacies. And I'm always trying to remind people through my work as well. I, I might promote an advocate for indigenous African and, and the diasporas, you know, non and information to be out there. It's also combined or connected to the fact that like that information is here too, like in the UK. Mm. So before I went to Egypt, I went to Cornwall. Before I went to Egypt, I was in Wales. I was in Scotland. I was in Ireland because in all of these places there is a rich wealth of information that deals with the same type of knowledge and information that we're all interested in. Yeah, yeah. Like everyone seems to think it's you know pretty much Central America, Central or South America. Mm-hmm. That's like the hub for all of this information. You know, the Amazon. You know, so people it appears like looks like the grass is greener. But you know, everything you need is on your doorstep. Yeah. So with that said, the reason why we might not find it so much here in in the UK in Europe is because you know the According to history, well, at least not what I'm saying, history suggests that, you know, the church like killed off the witches and stuff, man. They mm-hmm. like they got rid of the people who were dealing with this type of stuff and then they had to go underground. So they didn't wipe it out. It's not totally wiped out. No, it's no. just gone underground. And that's the most what's happened in most places. Like as the powers that be came into their solar consciousness, because that's what it basically is. It's like solar consciousness, the, the solar gods, mm. the god. Yeah. So prior to that, there was the the matriarchal. So we moved into this patriarchal thing and that's when like the rules changed. Changed. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So prior to that, everyone in the world was dealing with these technologies and it's like a consciousness that's gone around the world. Like as the sun moves or as we move around the sun, you know, like we've evolved, our consciousness has evolved and that's what happens according to, you know, the studies that I've seen and yeah. what I've checked out. So that's what's happened here in the UK that's what's happened in Egypt that's what's happened amongst the earliest people that you find pretty much on, on all the continents on yeah planet. yeah they were dealing with certain technologies as the consciousness moved into the solar patriarchal side of things some kept more of a balance you know but then there were some enforcers over the years that have come in and says nah we're well, like we're wiping that out and that's yeah, yeah. pretty much the religions and the governments of the world today you know?
0: yeah I definitely think it has a really big connection with consciousness and a leaping consciousness when you see you know like the 60s in the sense when Mm. you know everyone was doing it then then war becomes this thing that people get more involved in and tell them it's bad rather than just watching Mm. it on telly and turning it off Mm. it becomes more of a we have to do something about it i find and i think that did happen through covid as well a lot of people Mm. i think were doing true war at home and then started questioning their reality um but yeah I, i i think the the relationship with it as well with you know you're saying religious and um uh, r- religious and governments, it is, you know, the more it's legalized, you know, I think it, it it will be legalized in a sense of where it's controlled. Like now I'm seeing, um, you know, like uh, therapy sessions where they, they have maybe five milligrams and it's working on people that were on antidepressants and that. Mm. But I think it's going to take a very long time for that to be pushed through i'm not sure if you know more but i think to give it out as like oh okay everyone can do it you know mm-hmm. i think in, in london that's a very long way away because of the way
1: people start acting and start thinking about the society they're in yeah i think that's why you know according to what the research says again that that's you know the organic research that is, that's why, you know, it was prevented in the first place. Cause we need people to go to war mm-hmm. and you're taking this technology and you don't want to go to war. You want to be like, it contradicts. want to be friends with everyone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, like, these are some of the reasons why, you know, it wasn't complimentary to, you know, the, you know, just the agendas at that time. Mm. And the point that you're making as far as, you know, like the legalization and that's why it's important. Like even these terminologies cause like, yeah, again, but yeah, the legalization, it's like, mm. who is it going to be legal for? Yeah. Who's gonna be able to get access to this stuff? You know yeah, like, exactly. These are the questions that I was asking from day one, you know, like, cause it just didn't it like, just doesn't make sense because my thing is like, if you give this to the masses, you know, this is what they've been trying to prevent mm. for decades now, you know, and you know, since the sixties as we're aware, and even before, because again, the sixties wasn't the first, but you know, since then they've been trying to, you know, make sure people don't get access. Like I can't see, them all of a sudden turning over a new nah. leaf and saying, Yeah, you know, the masses get it. So it's going to be in controlled circumstances. And we've already seen the templates that already exist for this. And it's basically going to need to have a budget. Yeah. You're going to need to have a budget. And if you don't have you know, 7,000, 10,000 pound, you know, budget to be going on one of these therapeutic, you know, centers or retreats, things like that, then again, you're not going to be able to get access to this type of stuff. So again, it's just questioning, you know, who is it legal for? That's why in, you know, the states in particular where they've been leading a lot with this stuff here, you've got the whole decrim movement where they're talking about it's not even about it being legal, it's about it being decriminalized. So people caught in possession of it don't end up in jail and Mm. you know having these stigmas associated with it where they can't get a job when they're trying to sort out their healing because they can't afford seven or ten thousand pounds to go on one of these centers, retreats yeah, know, yeah, retreats and stuff like that so you know it's just kind of like moving and grooving around and just as I say to people like getting getting where you fit so if you've got seven grand to go on one of these retreats <laughs> go to Costa Rica like go for it innit? if that's your yeah, if that's yeah. your way in and if you need to be someone in your shed growing you know, <laughs> and, like, you know just know that if you're breaking the law you're breaking like what, what you know Just just be like responsible and mm-hmm. you know I just know what you're doing, man. And I don't advocate for anyone to break the law. Yeah. But like I totally get, you know, people need, you know, like very challenging circumstances. So mm. if the research is suggesting, yeah, it can help people with their depression, their PTSD. And there's someone who's struggling with depression and PTSD, but doesn't have 7,000 yeah. pounds. But has seen a way, a way out, a tangible way out mm. through this. Like, what do you tell them? yeah so like yeah that's that's the situation we're going to be over the years and i think it would take a long time before the government says okay mate you're you can grow in your shed and you can. yeah yeah so it's like yeah, that's just, just just where we're at at the moment is is colorado legal now um, I don't know if Colorado, I know Denver. That's Denver, in yeah, it's Denver, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I'm saying, America is just really confusing when it comes to, because every city, every state, it's just all different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. The laws, just what age you can drink alcohol, what age yeah. you smoke, so everything's just different. Yeah, so yeah. that's what I found, my time, I spent nearly nine months, you know, back and forth in the States, and every place that I went to, so Denver, it's being decriminalised, Oakland, it's being decriminalised, so those are like cities within the States, and now I know that Oregon is the only state I believe, if I'm correct, that has decriminalized and legalized, yeah. like as a state. But then, if you go to Oakland, if you go to, you know, um, Denver and the places where it's been decriminalized, and you ask people, so what's the status? Most people, the everyday people, don't really know. Like I'm like, what's, can you grow mushrooms? Like how much mushrooms can you have yeah. on your Possession? It's like oh, it's it's all new. It's all fresh still. So mm. there's still like the, the missing gap in all of this. Wherever I've gone around the world, where it's Mexico, Jamaica, Africa, Egypt, you name it, is education. Yeah, of course. Like, that's why I do what I do because, like, even though people are like, yeah, man, we need mushrooms, it's like, people are just not educated about this stuff, like, you know, just as far as like, I always say, people want to get into mushrooms, but they don't know that mushrooms play a role in soil, you know, like creating soil, like really get to mm-hmm. know what you're getting into, you know, before you get into it, you yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. So like, for me, the missing gap is education. Once people m- know the role, or more educated about it, like they'll get it because I teach people how to grow mushrooms in schools. Yeah. Yeah. And the first thing that I'm is like, oh, you're teaching kids how to grow magic mushrooms. Like, no like not in school like what do you like come on be serious you know what I'm saying of course not you know it's illegal isn't it but you know mushrooms play a bigger part you know than just being entheogenic or psychedelic mushrooms Mm. and you know that's the key that's what gave me my spark in learning the role outside of that, that it played, that made me want to learn more, you know, and build this relationship with this organism. So I'm just saying that, to say that education plays a big part. That's the missing link. That's the gap. And once we start plugging that gap, I think then we can make more wise decisions about how we can move this thing forward. Yeah. In America, what I did see, my man was just like, a very, it's very competitive you know, like, you know, Americans full stop, like, yeah, 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 like yeah. and I love all that. Like, that's a, I like that. I'm not saying it's negative, yeah. but like, but then they're it into a space where I'm not sure if that competitiveness is needed because mm. they want to be first to have, you know, the microdosing product Products and packaging. Yeah, yeah. you do Nearly went
0: American accent there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I got the bugger. Well, yeah, I was always saying all the words wrong to me. Yeah, yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> I came back. I had to like readjust. Like, yeah, yeah, know? yeah. But yeah, just with that said, like, just a lot of people who have the finances. I'm just saying to say that have jumped mm. into this space and pushing it. And I realised like they, they they haven't really got a clue because I know that I haven't got a clue. Yeah. And they definitely haven't got a clue because they're new. They just got money that they've been able to pump into it and mm-hmm. push it forward. And you know, you've got a, it's, it's a lot of like what do they say, like the blind leading the. Blind, yeah of course kind of thing so
0: and it's not really something i mean trip in itself or, or you know you know the other side you're talking about the benefit like lion's manes good for sleep and things that, like mm-hmm. that that educational side people don't know a lot of how how many different types of mushrooms there are just there for concentration focus mm-hmm. sleeping well mm-hmm. appetite mm-hmm. digestive system there's lo- yeah, loads yeah, yeah, to yeah.
1: it that's why schools are interested yeah yeah kids yeah. are overweight they're obese you
0: yeah that's what's happening
1: you know yeah, school meals like, aren't
0: anything to shout about
1: school school is all about remembering mm-hmm. you know if we know about education you don't need to be like smart to be yeah, yeah <laughs> you yeah. need to have a good memory yeah lion's manes so I told the kids, that's why I'm in the schools. I'm like, yo, all you got to do is have a good memory in school. You're yeah. going to do all right. You know, this lion's main mushroom is going to help you build like your brain. Do you want to grow your brain? Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, yeah. So that's why, I'm in schools. And that's why schools are saying, yeah, we need yeah, to bring yeah. this type of stuff into schools. And then I find out that their parents think it sounds silly and ridiculous. Yeah. And I'm like, that's why you guys need to go home and teach your parents. Because us adults won't talk this stuff. Mm. We haven't got a clue. So that's why we're in schools doing this stuff. Yeah,
0: I think that's so good. I, I think with everything, education is first. And obviously going into schools is great because as well, kids will just
1: spread it like wildfire as well, information, because they have no filter. <laughs> totally. So when, it's funny because when I do my first session in schools, I'm about to go, go back in next week and do that for the, for the new term. Yeah. And then like, the first session I do with them is how to grow an alien. Yeah, because so, yeah, yeah. a lot of times I've been doing, you know, teaching young people before mushrooms. It was just like food growing. I was in schools teaching organic food growing and food enterprise. Yeah, and not for the most part I was teaching like the thirteen to sixteen year olds, and they're not interested in gardening and food growing. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's boring. It's BS like yeah. doing that, you're doing that circus you failed in life you didn't know how to hustle so that's why you just got into the food game like selling so food basically i teach you people how to grow food yeah. so I, when I used to go into schools I was like don't tell them the gardener's coming like that's not, not <laughs> going to be engaging we <laughs> need to have a whole like so I've got a different angle when I go into that first session with the students like yeah they're like oh we're doing gardening I'm like no we're not we're grand aliens yeah yeah you know like, huh? that's such uh, a good take though oh yeah totally I yeah. get it now <laughs> like because they're the ones who have actually trained me and prepared me Mm-hmm. for the role and the tasks that are yeah of doing, course, you know, of course. Like, because they were not engaging and they you know they're the ones that would throw to like i was working with not just the standard school children. I was working with the kids who were in preps, pupil referral units, Yeah, yeah out yeah. school, mm-hmm. just come out of prison. They're in the middle. Know?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah like the a middle, real challenging students, yeah, So yeah.
1: the hard to reach. They refer to them, so they they tell you they tell you how it is, my man. That like, they're like this is BS. I don't want to be in this class. They flip tables and all that type of stuff. Yeah, those are the kids that I'm working with. So um, I knew that I couldn't go in and saying, yeah, we're going to be doing gardening today. You know, when I was doing the food growing stuff with them, it was like, yo, I'm going to teach you how guys how to set up your own business. Like we're mm-hmm. going to make money. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that would yeah. engage them. Like, why are you guys in there? Because you most of you got in trouble because you're trying to make money. So I'm going to show you how to make money through food. But before we make the money through the food, you got to know about these seeds and how to put them in the ground and how to grow them. And there's a process. <laughs> and the same goes with the mushrooms. That yeah, kids are like what about mushrooms? I'm like, well, you know, there's certain mushrooms that are more valuable than you know things that you're trying to sell <laughs> that are illegal. yeah, you know yeah, yeah. And we've got legal things that we can grow that we can take anywhere in the world and, you know, benefit from, you know, and your parents be proud, teachers be proud, the police ain't going to be after you, you know, and like all of those yeah, benefits. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's how I do that kind of engagement and educating young people with it all.
0: So. You're just telling them they're aliens in a sense where you're growing obviously mushrooms in how they look. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah and yeah. I
1: give them the, the essence that mushrooms are aliens because the origins mm-hmm. of mushrooms are not from Earth. Yeah, of They're course. extraterrestrial. They're from, they came from another place in space. You know, that's what science, like I'll give them I'll give them the mythology, you know, yeah, my yeah. version, my rendition of it and then we break it down scientifically mm. and look at the terms like panspermia, you know, the asteroids and the meteorites that brought these ingredients, these key ingredients that kick-started life on Earth and one of those were mushroom spores. Yeah. And that started to, you know, to break down the bedrock, which then gave us our first layers of soil, which allowed the first plants to evolve like 500 million years later. And I'm just teaching them that all of this stuff comes from mushrooms, you know, yeah, mushrooms yeah. are aliens. And so when they do c- grow in their liquid culture, that starts off as just this, you know, water with honey, basically. Yeah, yeah. And then over the weeks, they start seeing this thing form inside there which grows and you break it up and it forms back. And it's like, they know that they're growing an alien. Right? Yeah, yeah, After yeah. that, they get it. Like, they, get it. <laughs> they go home and tell their parents, yeah. "Mom, I'm growing an alien. And their parents are like, what are you talking yeah. about? What are you learning at school these <laughs> yeah, days? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. that's how it goes.
0: So I've seen, uh, I've seen on your Instagram as well. I think it's even a, a merch thing you sell, but a quote that, that, that you've done is that you're a mushroom having a human experience.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, there you go. So, so do you think through the evolution that, that, obviously mushrooms i think they they're so intelligent but do you think that they took into a human form or their consciousness went that way how do you think that happened this is a far out there
1: question but yeah still. I think it plays like it's mind body and soul man it's, it's physical and it's metaphysical you mm. know in, in 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 practice so like let's let's bring the physical tangible stuff like why do I say we are mushrooms having a human experience well I'll just explain that you know the mushroom spores came from beyond our you know our solar system yeah and have basically broken down the bedrock that's the minerals the, the you know the, the fundamental found foundations of earth, which became soil, which then became the plants and all the things that are connected to that. So we say things like, you know, we come from the soil, we go back to the soil, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. All of our physical is made from the soil. All the life, plants, all these things come from the soil. Mm -hmm. Mushrooms created the soil. They're the creators, you know, and um, we come from that. They facilitate, hold space and make all of that happen. Without mushrooms, everything goes. Like that's just the reality of it. Now, if we're saying we're made up of the same material that we find in the soil, then we look at our system and we could look at, for example, the central nervous system. And if we compare that to how mycelium like <laughs> if we compare it to how mycelium works in the soil and throughout the body, how, how it, it sends information and all the rest mm. of it, it's the same, it's the same stuff, man. It's the same in principle. You know, because I know like scientifically we, can, we can't we can go there, but in principle it's the same thing. And like you said, you look at the central nervous system and you get right to the cap, there, there you go. And then we sporulate and we got all these ideas. So there's a real scientific physical aspect to it where we come from the soul, we're made up from that material. There's, you know, these principles that mushrooms teach and guide in the way that, and affect us and impact us. The soul in the same way that they do the human body and life on planet Earth, you know, the way that we communicate, you know. Like now we're dependent upon like technology to communicate, but there's times when we Mm. didn't depend on those synthetic technology. We we were utilising organic technologies like the birds do and the spiders do and all other animals do. So um, what technology is that that enables them to do that? What makes the trees communicate? What you're going to find out that this mycelium (laughs) plays a very important part in Mm -hmm. making that thing work. So why would it not be the thing or the technology that we would be working with? Because that's what the ancient people say you know, that we're really, you know, but it's only now that it just seems really kind of far fetched. So with that said, you know, you also look at the role that, you know, as far as, you know, the enlightenment of man, you know some people may have heard of the stone Dape theory yeah the have, hypothesis yeah. yeah and you know just like Dennis girl, McKenna yeah, yeah. Terence yeah. and Dennis and you know and others you know Paul Stamets you know validates this type of stuff just as mm. far as you know the growing of the brain you know like they evolve the evolution so we're looking at creation as well as evolution that mushrooms play with, like, are the main players behind either theory mm. that you go with you know like they're, they're, they're there and about and they're part of you know in, in hiding in our senses and getting us to a point and place as humans you know we've evolved in, you know, in the evolution side of things, to where we've become who we've become today, mm. and. Some would say that our decline, because according to most indigenous cultures, we're actually on a decline. We, we, in this part of the world, say we're evolving, and we're no, they're saying we've already done that, and you know it's yeah, we're, yeah, on, yeah. we're on this side of the mm. spectrum, we're on, on our way down, and that's why we're falling, and we're, we're you know, that we're, we're, we're on this side, and um, and that's why we're becoming more dependent on, on these physical hard materials. Mm. When before, we were, it was more intuitive, yeah, it was it's telepathic, external. it was yeah, you know, all yeah. those kind of technologies that are you know we would say is mumbo jumbo now but like mm. these indigenous cultures that's what they deal with that's like how they live life yeah, and they do course. it very well with nature not destroying it because mm. they say they've already done this they've <clears throat> done a lot of destruction to build what they built in the past these major civilizations of old but because they realized they had to destroy so much they've this time around they decided to live a more simple life and it suggested that it's just the younger children now like the new wave of humans that are trying to do the same things of build these big things and these you know amazing looking things but in actuality it's like not it's, needed yeah <laughs> it's like it's BS in it it's all hype it's all yeah. ego and yeah all these yeah. things yeah and maybe because we haven't had the mushrooms and the ayahuasca and all these things present that would I don't want to say kill the ego, you know, but just put it into perspective. You know what I'm Understand saying? Understand how to watch it rather than live in it. Yeah, there you, you know. go. Yeah, there you go. You know, it's just like disciplining that unruly child that wants to, you know, just run around and build and yeah, destroy yeah. and do it all. It's like, oh, we've been there and done that. Let me, as an older brother or an older sister, let me show you how you should behave in the house, mm-hmm. you know, of Earth. Like, yeah, for you'll sure. Get a lot further, you'll get a lot further down the line.
0: Yeah, I mean, what interests me is like the the way you talk about, you know, intuition and, and it's like the technology now. I mean Alan Watts says a few things around this that and he said it about 40 50 years ago that mm. you know we're moving into a world where the technology is outside of us when really mm. it's all already inside of us yeah, you yeah. know telepathy is something I've 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 been seeing springing up and i see seen older videos people doing it and things like that and it's, it is put in a box of, well, that's, that's <laughs> stupid. That's not possible. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Even um, I, I've got a hypnosis coming on the show soon. Okay. And even that, some people are like, that's bollocks. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's not. It's your internal monologue. And all someone's mm-hmm. doing is mm-hmm. tricking your internal monologue. Yeah, yeah. Your brain is then trusting that. To me, it's yeah. like it, it can work. But oh, it's true with the, the sense of mushrooms that it does. Um, it definitely awakens all that internally. And then, you know, what are we going to use a phone for anymore?
1: <laughs>
0: just be like, look, I'm, on, I'm just chatting to my mate.
1: <laughs> well, it's funny because one of the inspirations for me actually stepping into the psychedelic space in partaking was <clears the> a <throat> book that I was reading. Um, Robert Anton Wilson. I think it's like Sex, Sex, Drugs, Rock and Roll, something like that is titled yeah. off the top of my head. But there was that and another book. And basically they were just referencing these indigenous cultures. Mm. And there was this particular shaman who, you know, this there was a West spending some time with this indigenous group and they were come. They had this big gathering that happens like, let's say every 10, 20 years. I can't remember, I'm just paraphrasing, but like yeah, every yeah, 10, yeah, 20 yeah, sure. years, a big gathering where all the different communities come together and they gather around as one. And um, he says he was in this community for this period of time and the shaman from that region was saying, yo, we need to let the guys from the other village know that they need to bring you know, bring the sheep with them. We need to bring the sheep. We need 10 more sheep to be brought. <laughs> yeah. And the guy couldn't work out the fact that this message needed to be delivered, the, you know, and this next village was like seven days away. You know, it would take seven days to get there. And, you know, the event was happening like two days. Yeah. So he's like, how the hell are you going to get the message over to those guys <laughs> to get it and bring it in time? Yeah. It just doesn't, didn't make sense. And he says, and the guy never left. from underneath this tree. <laughs> and yeah that's exactly why yeah, that's, and that's right. what it goes into yeah, he was yeah into astral yeah. travelling and they would just break all that type of stuff down and they mm. talked about the plant technologies that they utilise to be able to communicate on these levels and this is the organic technologies that we have at our disposal if yeah. you know, we're educated about it mm. But we haven't been educated no, about it. It's, no. it's mumbo which jungle. you're
0: trying to do though, which is really good. Yeah. Have you tried? You know, obviously not in a psychedelic state, but have you tried sort of the astral projection, astral projection or meditations? In, have you ever worked on that kind of world? You know, in a sober state, in a sense. Yeah, because that's yeah. what I was into before psychedelics. Yeah, I thought yeah. psychedelics
1: were bad. and wrong, mm-hmm. and really don't deal with all that type of stuff. Yeah, like, all you need is inside of you. So yeah, all you need, everything that you need is inside of you. So prior to you know having my first psychedelics experiences, I was actually deep into the you know the. The dream world, the dream mm-hmm. game, you know what I'm saying? The lucid dreaming, out of body experiences, astral travelling. As I mentioned, I was an event organizer, so, yeah. I am. so I would invite people primarily from the States, America, authors that I've been inspired by, and invite them to the UK. So, yeah, I've just read your book. I think it's amazing. I've learned from it. I'm applying it, practicing it. I think again the community could do do with this information. Cause before I came out in the public space and spoke, I was just always in the cut behind the scenes and yeah, yeah. To be seen or heard. So I would just like, yeah, I know that you're important and people need to hear what you're saying so like come over i'm gonna i'm gonna get the venue promote it get get you out there so i'll big him up because there was albert taylor it's, i referenced him just a couple days ago because i had a friend who was having sleep paralysis mm. it's like bro, i keep having this sleep paralysis i don't like it's been coming happening recently i think it's because i'm stressed out and all different reasons and you know most again it's like got these negative connotations like bro i says like i, yeah, I clocked that game quite you know in my team when i was a kid actually younger than my teens like when i was a kid it used to happen like when i was really little little you know mm. Five, six, seven years old in primary school, and I didn't get it then. But when I got into the teens and I was able to read books, that's like one of the first things I was interested in, like dreams and all that, because I just thought it was fucking amazing. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I was into that and you know, interested in that. And then as I got into adulthood, like I took time, like quality time out to study that stuff and practice it, and you know, yeah, in- intentionally, yeah, and would invite people to come and share that type of information because mm. that's for me, that's what it's about, man. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, it's, it's all about what's though? the best way to lucid dream for anyone that wanted to because I mean I, I do sometimes but other times it doesn't work I'm not, yeah so that's what I'm saying like for
1: me that's why then the psychedelics came into play because because you're like was, I need
0: to get there yeah
1: <laughs> it was like it was hitting me so what I discovered was this for my own personal journey when I was younger the child it, like happened every night like mm. five six like before primary school like, I used to have this thing where before school um I used to have this alarm. Remember those? I don't feel from that era, but those old alarms, like bring it's actually yeah, yeah, like yeah. ringing the metal. I've actually got
0: <laughs> one like that in my room because I keep a phone downstairs. No tech in my room, but okay, I've actually got like okay. an old school alarm in there. Okay, I hate it. Yeah, see? and so did I. Man, <laughs> yeah.
1: I was six, seven, eight, nine years old, yeah. and that's what would be waking me up at bloody mm-hmm. six thirty in the morning every yeah. morning. And then something happened, man, like to the point where that hate or detestment for that sound or that shock of being woken up, I used to um. Be in my dreams, and then, in the dream, I would be like, "Yo, the alarm's about to go off, like I told the whoever I'm in the dream with yeah. I'd tell them yeah i'm about to. and i don't want to like I just need to get prepared to be woken up by the by the alarm yeah, and yeah. they would just basically wake me up just like seconds before the alarm would go off and um I'll wake up and not be shocked no more. And it's like, all oh, right, cool man, go to school and I'll go to school and have a good day. <laughs> like. And I didn't know what it was, you know, I was a kid, but it's like yeah. then I come to my, oh, that's all like lucid dreaming and stuff. Mm. And I'm saying that to say that later on in life and I wanted to re-engage in it. I was like, yeah, that just happens to me when I was a kid. I've got an, I'm an adult now, I'm become responsible, got all these luggage that I carry around with me, where I'm not having those kind of lucid experiences no more, but I would like to. And I went and explored, I remember I picked up, you know, books and these series that I was delving into. And one of the techniques that they were suggesting that would allow you to have these lucid dreams and out of body experiences was basically this alarm trick where you would set your alarm for a series of um, times to wake you up through the, through the early morning. Yeah. And what you're doing is basically tricking hacking. It's all like hacking. You're tricking your Mm. subconscious into preparing for an alarm that doesn't come Oh, okay. Yeah,
0: yeah. And yeah then by
1: the time you get into that state, you're in a lucid state. You're mm-hmm. in that hypnagogic state where you're half awake, half, half asleep. asleep yeah. yeah, and then you can, if you choose to, body asleep, mind awake. Yeah, you yeah, can yeah. either wake up or you can say, okay, <laughs> yeah, let's go in there. So yeah, because that's that's
0: when it kind of happens to me. It'd be it'd be um, where I wake up. And then I fall back to sleep or you've had a dream and then you wake up and you realize it's a dream. You're like, Oh, I need to find out what's (laughs) going on. And then you go back to sleep sort of, Mm -hmm. but I have tried. Um, there was a guy called Robert Monroe. I don't know. So I've done like the CIA tapes that they've given out. So I've been doing like, I'm only on tape five though. And that's been about a year. (laughs) I go through to the others, but I'm like, I haven't quite got, um, what I get a lot of time of astral, astral projection is like, I can feel a kind of lift, I can I can feel my energy. I can move it around. I can feel kind of lift, but then it's almost like fear creeps in or reality creeps in. I realise I'm still in my body, so I can't quite get my body to sleep. Got you.
1: Do you so know Do you know what I should do? <laughs> nah, what you should do is this: check out Albert Taylor's work. Okay. And I don't know if it's still accessible, but the series that I got that I thought like was easy and applicable was called mm. um, Lucidology One Hundred and One. Yeah. Okay. Like between those two, between Albert Taylor's one. work and <laughs> Lucidology One One, so he's going back. You know, yeah, he's going back some years ago when. So I'm not sure if, well, it was all online. Yeah, the Lucidology yeah, yeah. was online. Loads of Albert Taylor stuff was online. I bought his book. His book's called Soul Traveller. Between the book, his, you know, his works, and then the Lucidology, that kind of gave me a, a fast track back into that space and place. Mm. And I was dealing with the Mon Robert Monroe and the Monroe Institute's yeah, materials and stuff. That was all complimentary as well. But it's just the way that. Albert Taylor narrated his stuff like yeah. literally in the books, like reading it, it was just easily digestible. And then mm. and the Lucidology 101, they actually had like resources for you. You could just like download the stuff, MP3 files, pull it on your phone to get those alarm. Um, yeah, and, yeah. and then when I got onto it, I was like, this is what was happening to me as a kid. Is that alarm? It was that same alarm. I was like, yeah. So, like, I just went back into that kind of yeah. child, childlike space and was playing around with it. So that's what worked for me. It's not necessarily going to work for everybody. No, I've got other techniques that was say, yeah, it works. And it's like that didn't work for me. And mm. it's like, as I said, hit and miss. Yeah, it's all it's all to how
0: you're you're going to work in that situation. I suppose you can relate it back to the alarm and you know waking up before the alarm. Mm-hmm. So I suppose I've got to try and find a way of where, okay, like having some sort of reference to. Oh, okay that that's where i am i'm waking up before mm-hmm. that maybe i just try and do it with the alarm i got anyway i do find i do wake up before it most of the time because yeah, yeah.
1: you can tell the body to wake up before yeah, it. i find yeah, before yeah. you go to sleep i literally uh, used to count down and i'd be i don't i don't know what was going on i would was 80, I'd be like, <laughs> my alarm's about to go off hold on five four three two and i'd be like bye i'm out of here and be like, <laughs> Bring. but then i wake up I'd be like yeah i knew you was about to read like yeah so it was just like that was yeah that was yeah the 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 trigger in adulthood that I was thinking, yeah, I'm gonna work with this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you
0: find um, that understanding lucid dreaming and that kind of world helped you a lot more when you went into sort of a trip state you know, understanding the realm that you're in, you know. To some degree, to uh, but then like, it's like a lot. little, little, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, to some degree, yeah, really. Ten
1: like, I thought so initially, but as you dive and i got deep into it's like, nah, th- there's nothing on earth that I've ever experienced that could have Close. ever prepared me, yeah, for this stuff, you know. And there's certain things that I said that correspond like dream world. So i definitely say that like dream world, meditation, getting into all the mm. states of consciousness through breath work, all these things have definitely for me, because I was never an expert in it though. Some people I know say, yeah, you know, I'll do meditation. I'll get into these states that mushrooms take me into. I beg to differ in all honesty after, you know, speaking with my teacher and elders, like, because it's all dose specific and yeah. you know, you know, because They've done the trials, man. They, and they, I'm saying, people say that, but they've done the trials with the priests, you know, with monks and buddhists who do their work. And then when you give them a high dose psilocybin experience, they'd be like, "Whoa, nah, this is not what's happening to me when I'm mm. having my meditation." If they're talking about taking a half a gram. You know, like that's yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah, but if you're diving deep based Mm. on the school and education I got from Kalindi EE, it's like yeah, there was no preparation that any dreams, any breath work, any yoga, any meditation (laughs) that I've
0: done,
1: just hang on,
0: yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: But those are good starting places for me. I say, yeah, good, and I don't want to say starting places like for me, they're all complementary, they go hand in hand. Mm. Now, the dream works going hand in hand with the psychoactive, the yoga goes hand in hand, yeah, meditations go hand in hand, they're you know, and they're dose specific. So, whether you're going from micro dosing to recreational dosing or to mega macro dosing, mm-hmm. depending on what you're trying to achieve, some of them are complementary and they go hand in hand. And some of them, yeah, as I said, it, it is like, as Kalini would say, it's like until you're doing psychedelics saying you haven't lost your mind. -hmm. Or you're saying that you're never gonna do it again. You're not doing psychedelics properly. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, you need to be having those. You're like, Mm -hmm. shit. What? I've lost my mind. Yeah, yeah. Now you're making progress. (laughs) (laughs) That was the education that I was getting in a safe, responsible, safe, you know, Mm -hmm. setting. Setting, but. That's you know that's what you're working towards. If you're just like yeah, I'm in the room. This is really cool, isn't it? Like, nah, no, Saki, it's, like it's got a lot more to offer than yeah, that. of course. <laughs> It'll
0: bring a lot more than that. The best way of tripping, I would say, is you know I would put a blindfold on or a dark room or or somewhere in a safe circle. Mm-hmm. Is it sort of eyes closed? That sort of trip experience that you do. Or when yeah. you have, would it
1: yes. be that? Yeah. So again, I've had a multiple of different types of experiences and I like different types of experiences. Yeah. But you're going to hear me keep quoting Kalindy E because that's who gave me the game in this space. And place. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, it's the journey of the alone into the alone. Mm. It's about you doing it by yourself in a space where there's no stimulants no yeah. lights no music no anything just you and you see what comes up <laughs> yeah man and that's like that's the hero's journey that's mm. that's when you're taking the heroic doses in in those you're going to your cave you're climbing the mountain all those yeah metaphors and mythologies associated with you discovering, you know, self-discovery and even the Kung Fu movies. It's all about you taking your journey by yourself. It's not a ceremonial thing. There's no bells, whistles, Mm. feathers, nothing like that. It's just you in the (laughs) dark by yourself in the cave. Yeah, Yeah, And that cave can be your bedroom. It can be your front room. It can be your shed, you know, like wherever you... Create that cave, you know. Is the you don't have to literally go to a cave, you, know, <laughs> you create your cave. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then if you choose to bring stimulants, if you want music, like all those things are cool. I do all those things also, mm. but it just depends on the kind of work I'm trying to do and what I'm trying to yeah. achieve. Depends on the set and the setting that you know. Uh, prepare for that.
0: What would you say is a like a, a dose that is is in mushrooms. I mean, golden teachers could be different to, you know, a Mexican batch or something like that. There you but...
1: go. See, this is why I don't believe even play that game, man. I yeah. let people know that just like you're an individual. Yeah. Like, Eat every single mushroom as an individual.
0: Mm-mm.
1: There's no like, oh, just like if we went out to have a drink, we went out to eat food. Like, food tastes different to us. Yeah, you No, know, you like certain foods, I don't like certain foods. Yeah. You like drinks, I don't like drinks. Jack Daniels do- is very different to beer. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. I <laughs> don't touch it. Yeah. So, this yeah. is why I say, like, you really do need, like, again, how I was taught, you need to be like an independent studier, man. Like, yeah, test need, and trial, small yeah. doses up to higher doses. There you, you go. Say, just know that you can get golden teachers and you could stick with the same strain, but different batches depending on what they are grown on, where they're from, mm. all have their own unique signatures. So I'd never take it for granted because I've taken it for granted before that. Oh, I've done this before. I've done this dose before. It's going to be like this. Yeah, yeah. And That's not how it turned out. No. And then me as an educator in this space, I've just got to let people know that that's a real thing you know don't take it for granted mm-hmm. like and I know people now like yeah man I want something a bit more potent I want apes you know I want you know they, everyone's got the yeah. <laughs> <their> thing and <laughs> I'm not having the thing well if you're on golden teas, and you just don't think they're strong enough you just take more yeah you know like that's what you do like mm-hmm. and but we're in this space now where like everyone it's like the cannabis game everyone's to have the, the strongest thing or the this or the that yeah I'm like find your particular variety that mm-hmm. you like and build a relationship with it. Yeah. So for me, for example, I started with Cambodia. They're the first ever ones that I grew and that I, you know, actually engage with. And I spent quality time just working with them and like mm-hmm. then I got to know what Cambodian the Cambodian signature is like on that particular strain and then when I went to got the Masipathek and I got the you know it's like just build, building a relationship and then that's when I got to realise that they're all unique no experience is the same I do like I don't take that for granted anymore like oh I know what's going to happen tonight because I'm taking three <laughs> grams and I've done ten <laughs> grams before so three yeah, grams is going to be a walk in the park no mm. sometimes that three grams can also lay you on your ass so it's all just <laughs> like yeah don't, I don't ever take it for granted and that's how I kind of educate Mm. people in that space, you know, like if you've got a particular thing that you've got that you know, and you think you know it, your mindset's gonna play a big part. How do you feel that day? You know, yeah, because you may not feel how you felt last week or the year. i done it last year. Yeah. yeah. Well, how you felt last year. Very the, different yeah. person. Yeah. So <laughs> how it's going to affect you is going to be, is going to be different. Mm. And that's the, that's the game, the knowledge that I would like people to take into these spaces. Yeah. And then you've got to be the nerd and make, do your own journals, whether it's physical journaling or internal journaling. And then, you, yeah, you kind of work it out for yourself. Yeah. And if there's a consistency for you and it's all rigid like that, then great. But now mushrooms mushroom is showing me it's very much more fluid mm. and not. It's not no. I can't grasp it. Yeah, and that's what I like. Like a about fork it. through water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I like about yeah, yeah. it. Um, yeah, it's it's, in, yeah, it's infinite in that in, in that.
0: Yeah, way. I love uh, I love that. It's fascinating to me as well. Where you said that some people. Um, Well, not everyone's going to have the same experience, but what do you think? I mean, a lot of people do have an acceptance of death. I Mm -hmm. think after a lot of people that are, you know, either, you know, um, a cancer patient stage four Mm -hmm. or something like that. Mm -hmm. What do you think the relationship is that with it being out of body experiencing you are more than your body? Um, with
1: the relationship you have to death before you've done something like a psychedelic experiment. Yeah, I know. That's why it's too late. <laughs> yeah. Because they're, like, look, they're giving it to cancer patients and we're finding it out in our 30s, 40s, you know, for mm-hmm. the most part, you know, late 20s, whatever it is. Yeah. And really and truly, he was meant to find this out when he was a kid going through puberty. Mm-hmm. So you would have faced that, death experience you would have had that death experience which allows you to live a more liberated life Mm. so yeah it does definitely do that for, for folks you know that's what they've seen with the cancer trials that they've done with those patients that after they partook in the mushrooms them or the individual was no longer scared of their fate and they were could reassure not them just themselves, but their family members are also scared that you know I'm worried worried for them. So yeah, there's a role that it plays. You know what we've dis- we're discovering now, mm-hmm. so to speak, and yeah. what individuals' experience. But then you, if you get deep into the so-called mystery systems, you find out that well, that's what all the mysteries systems are. Mm-hmm. You know, in ancient Egypt, right through to Greece, and you name it, the Roman mystery systems, the Elysian mystery systems of ancient Egypt, the open of the mouth ceremony of ancient Egypt. All of these were about the initiate. Having a more prosperous experience after death. Yeah, yeah. And how did they do that? They done that by practicing dying. Mm-hmm. It's Mario World. Yeah, so you practice dying before you die if you practice dying before you actually die, then you're going to like be all right. <laughs> that's what the, basically the mystery systems are. I'm yeah, basically yeah. saying like, I'm just paraphrasing but It's like, you're going to be all right in life because you're going to... Yeah, I haven't heard of the mystery system before. Okay, I haven't heard of that yeah. terminology before. So all cultures, yeah, even the religions have got a, like an esoteric and a cult, a hidden mm. aspect to their teachings. Yeah. So, you know, if you're in Christianity, for example, that's how most of us, you know, in these parts of the world, we're raising the main three religions, so either Judaism, Christianity, or Islam, well, they all have their mystery systems so with them. Christianity, if you don't know, is all to do with the Gnostics. Mm. So if you're really into Christianity and you're like, I don't, I don't want to lose my religion, don't want to give up God and Jesus, then you need to get into the, what the Gnostics were dealing with. Mm. And if you're into Islam, then you need to get into Sufism, you know, the original Sufis and what they were dealing with. And if you're into Judaism, it's all the Kabbalah and the Kabbalists and all that type of, like, it's, it's there, the information yeah. is there. And all of those things are about the other side, the shadow you know, mm, like mm. death, basically the dark yeah. side, which we've been given as something that is bad and negative. But I guess, again, just the studies that I've done, you know, like suggest that the powers that be, that's where they're getting their powers from and telling us that it's bad and wrong. And they're actually found the balance that it's the, you need the light and the dark, mm. you know, you go into Buddhism, Chinese philosophy, you know, like the yin and the yang. It's just basically looking at the, you you yeah, can't have yeah. one without the other. No. Then when you look at the and yang- there's dark and light in both. There you go. And like, once you get that, that's what, the mystery systems are about mm-hmm. you know in, in essence that's, and the ultimate mystery systems are to do with sex and death yeah the life yeah. what brings you in what takes you out <laughs> like the biggest mysteries like that's they were interested in the same things that we're interested in today but mm. they took time out to really dive deep and study it where we've don't have the time because we got nine to five jobs. And yeah, things to do. Yeah, so distractions.
0: Like, yeah,
1: yeah that's, <laughs> uh, so they gave us alternative things to focus. Yeah, on while they focused on that. Yeah, but yeah. Whether you're in the mainstream religions or, as I said, in the ancient worlds of Greece, they called it the Eleusian mystery systems, and that was something that you would need again. Like it would happen. It would happen once in your life you could only do it once would this yeah. be from a young age then or no so it, different mystery systems are slightly different so yeah, yeah there are some from a young age yeah in different cultures different cultures have different systems yeah of, yeah, course, yeah of course so I'm just making reference to the Greek one because mm. that's a popular one that people can go and do research on and um, that would happen in in adulthood so that was there are ones that happen is so like 1820s or no I think like later like, oh even later yeah, yeah. even later because um, it would only happen like I think it, like the celebration happens like every thirty or forty years. Oh right. Okay. And you could only get into it once. Like you had to wait yeah. <laughs> for the white window of opportunity. Imagine if you missed that
0: one. So,
1: so that's, <laughs> like, that's for you to get the juice. Like and if you're initiate, it's not. It wasn't for everybody, but it no, just for course. the initiates year. And if like if you really want the juice, then you will be preparing for this. And basically, it. Put, it Prepared the initiates for a more prosperous afterlife experience, mm-hmm. and as I said, like that's what the ancient Egypt like, and that's where it came from. The elusive mysteries come from the you know the the opening of the mouth ceremony mm-hmm. from ancient Egypt, and you go around the world, and there's all of these the adult, you know, um, initiations, you know, for adults, but it starts when you're a child. Yeah. Like it starts, in a, well, it actually starts pre-birth. I mean, the real traditions, it starts before you get here. Like they know who you are when you're coming. Yeah. <laughs> like you're coming to do a particular job. We don't just have babies for the sake of having babies. Like mm-hmm. we need gardeners, I need warriors. We yeah, need, yeah. so we invoke that. So they would be using these plant technologies in bringing these spirits through mm-hmm. to then get a physical form yeah yeah and to fulfill a particular role on planet earth
0: mm. so yeah. they would communicate with the spirit world in that sense to say yeah, what well, yeah. what's needed yeah, yeah. you know on a smaller scale back then
1: probably yeah, yeah. in a sense and, of now. and then the mothers will be communicating with the the, the, the babies in the womb mm. you're saying you know i know you're here i got, I got you for nine months and like, we're going to be doing all the right things for you to prepare you. So when you come out, you're good to go. <laughs> like, this is, you know, He's these like are the sure. rites of passages. Yeah, these yeah, are the rites of, of passages that have been removed. And um, yeah, just the powers that be have given us alternatives that are mm. not as, you know, yeah, as well <laughs> supported, you know, on yeah, life for real life. It's, yeah, it's like designed, today it's designed for you to get Up and go and get a job, mm. and, you know, pay your taxes, matrix, yeah, 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 basically. for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's quite
0: hard to break out, <laughs>
1: mm. but when we needed, you know, not, not to say that we didn't need tradesmen, and you know, like we might need an, I- an Iron Man, you know, yeah, for real. yeah, so like we're going to be an Iron Man, but not anybody could be an Iron Man, no. You know, like we're gonna call through an Iron Man, and we're gonna call them through the Iron Family, mm. the, the families who have been dealing with iron for millenniums. Like yeah, these course. guys are the masters of iron. You guys are the masters of water of boats. So if we need more fishermen, they're gonna come through the fisherman family. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. like yeah. it's like it's consciously done. Yeah, yeah. working
0: that way. How yeah, do you yeah. feel when, it, like, if you ever a trip now or anything else, when you when you come across? I mean, I've heard loads of different terminologies for it, like machine elves. I think was what mm-hmm. Terence McKenna said. Mm-hmm. I actually spoke to a guy called Tripwit before. Um, he's an Australian and he talks about an operation table as well, which lots of people have sort of gone to.
1: Mm-hmm. Which
0: Have you ever come across that? That 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 sounds I've mad. come
1: across, I've had my own experiences, which I won't get into. Yeah, but yeah. I make reference to that because it comes up a lot, especially people who do DMT, like, oh, you've done DMT before. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've seen the machine elves that Terence McKenna talks about. Yeah, yeah. And then I go into, again, well, where does all that come from? Because mm. again, like, Let's just say like Terence's new age. I know it's like, you know, but like it's the new wave. I'm into the ancient stuff. Yeah, of course. So do the ancients talk about little machine elves? Oh yeah, they do. Do you know why? Because they are the little machine elves. Yeah. Because I talk about the first people, the first people on planet Earth in this current cycle, the first humanoids Mm. are little, are the so-called pygmy people. And they've been here so long according to their own mythologies, according to their own stories, their own history. They were here before Earth. And then it gets far-fetched like they are part of Earth's creation. They yeah. are the, they're the guys who help facilitate this space. And they're in the physical form, but they're also in a non-physical form. Mm. And again, it sounds a bit weird. But If you believed in a god who you've not seen or heard from and prayed to him yeah. and the rest of it, these people give you a more tangible because they show you that it's more to do with your ancestral connections. And they tie you into these beings, like literal physical beings, so-called pygmies. And I see, I just saw in your garden, man, you got garden gnomes. Capricorns and stuff. Like this is where it all comes from. This is what this is all part of. So these guys actually come from real people that existed. Mm. Now, if you were to go and do a Google now and type out pygmies, you're going to find that the earliest pygmies that we know have come from Central Africa and Southern Africa. And they, in this current cycle, they've populated planet earth. Mm. So every country that you go to, every continent that you're going to go onto, you're going to find, if you do your Googles, the earliest people are these small brown to black wavy to curly-haired people. Like, all history talks about it. And that's why I go to Cornwall and go to Wales because they talk about them. They talk about the brownies and these small people who were the first people in these regions. Like, yeah. history is there, man. It's, like, actually there. Now, they say that they are the first people to take mushrooms, to take Iboga to take... Um, DMT or not just ayahuasca because ayahuasca is just that the traditional name in a particular place yeah. but you find acacia, you know, um, DMT files as I like to refer to it, in many plants in many parts of the world in in Egypt for example they called it the tree of life and the scientific term was the acacia nilotica it's in the case, of your bush that grows all along the Nile. Hmm. So all of the Nile Valley civilization, all of those people were dealing with these technologies and they talk about this stuff. And in ancient Egypt, we would refer to them as the natir, or these forces of nature, these gatekeepers who connect our world to the unseen world. So it's there, it's in mythologies and stuff like that. And as I understand these little machine elves who operate and take care of us and take care of, you know, give us our messages and type of stuff, I was like, oh, that's what the ancient traditions talk about. And I just guess in the here and now, we call them machine elves because that's what Terence McKenna <laughs> coined them. Yeah, his yeah. His experiences.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's mad. Do you think they're, they're a different sort of dimensional being then, now? like if it's in another dimension because dimensional Mm -hmm.
1: reality is like something I I love I delve into that a lot because that's what these little people in Africa say we came from another dimension to come to this dimension and we free dimensionalized. And we still got access to that side, as and when mm. we want to. But you guys have cut off because you think you're—we're you know,
0: just in here. Yeah, you're, <laughs> you're
1: on our top of the pyramids, and you know, like, yeah, you know, run the world. So, like, if you was to get back into that stuff, you would be able to access these multi dimensions, mm. you know, multiverses that we originally came from, and we've been passing through, and still continue to pass through. You know, if you speak, you know, like I say this like lightly, but it's it's like real deal stuff, man. If people have heard of the Zulus, mm. like this is this is what they talk about man, like these ancient tribes, they really say like, the Zulus say that, yo, we was hanging on Mars before we came to Earth. Yeah. You know, like we know about, you know, traveling from interplanetary and interdimensional Mm -hmm. traveling, you know, and they talk about their spaceships, their crafts, you know, not metal crafts, like no, no. crafts made from light and energy and things like this. And later on in, like, if you are get into, you know, the esoteric practices, people call like the Merkabah, where you can turn yourself yeah, into, yeah, a well. into a spaceship.
0: Yeah, yeah, I've seen It's like it's like triangles all over the yeah, gap. Yeah, <laughs> like
1: you, you are the crystal. In a very bad way of explaining it, but yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah, the crystal technology. You yeah, know, and that technology is in your blood. That's where the crystals are. You know, mm-hmm. in the blood. Like It's like oh well, yeah, and that's the same crystals that makes. The iPhone work and yeah you know, the silicon like, chip as well and yeah like that. it's yeah. like and these ancient traditions have basically just got the organic versions of them mm. locked down they got it locked like on lock and we've got these synthetic versions on lock now you give a phone to a thirteen year old they can they can change the world you know like yeah of course with it but like it's the same technology that mm. these rites of passage or these secret societies of old or these you know groups were dealing with to to do what they do yeah
0: so do you feel that we might be going back into a world where we might have a better connection later on or do you feel it's getting more separate as, as what you're doing obviously what you're doing is trying to educate mm. through food as well as th- this world as well obviously not the school classes but mm. obviously the other ones in a sense do you feel from your work that you've been doing that it, we are going in a better direction now i don't know <laughs> <laughs> I don't know
1: I actually I don't know to
0: class it as yeah, everyone is quite like for sure
1: like to be for sure this is how I look at it this is how I was taught and how it's like it's the pendulum man so the pendulum swings from side to side mm. so as blissful as we're going to get and great things may be it's got to swing around and it's going to be as hellish and you know that's just the way it goes like we just said in the yang is a bit of yin in the yeah, yin is yeah. the yang so like is it getting better am I trying to make it better like no I'm just I'm just being man I'm just doing and like I get that there's some people that don't do what I do and they do the polar, polar opposite and I guess what they do is like fit for purpose as well mm. like it's not like it's not a oh I'm trying to be good and I want to make the world a better place like I used to think like that like, yeah, but yeah. it's like no nah, I just think like yeah those I speak and those who it resonates like just like I had people who spoke to me and it resonated mm. and there was a point in time the people who resonated with me were saying yeah let's go break into cars and it resonated that was yeah, like yeah. the thing to, that was the thing to do i did that <laughs> you know <what> <laughs> and other people are saying oh, "Ah, yeah. they're saying yo like eat better <laughs> <laughs> like, that resonates Smart driving yeah like, and at that time none of them like now the perspective especially with mush, you know the technologies mm. that we're working like give me like ah, oh, it's not about good and bad and like it just is it is yeah. and the forces like the true organic God, a God for lack of a better title or description, needs to experience it all. Yeah. The good, the bad, and the beautiful, ugly. Mm-hmm. So are we heading to better places? Like, no, we need all of it and all of it. Otherwise, of it doesn't
0: me. all work together. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I did yeah, hear a good yeah. saying. Uh, I don't know if you know a guy called Daniel Arkin. His name's Bashar, he goes by, which means messenger. Okay. But he channels another being of frequency and talks and his his talks are just wild it's Mm. not really like a lecture it's more like five hours anyone can ask a question got you and he just like fires back all the time and it's like if he was a con artist then he could just be a really clever guy without mm-hmm. doing all that so mm-hmm. I just look mm-hmm. at it's the information that's important Got you. Yeah, yeah. but uh, he says that the, the reality is fake here but the experience is real mm. <laughs> and I was like well oh, I get <laughs> that yeah yeah yeah, yeah, that yeah. mad so the um, the final question I always ask everyone is um, what this this series is about what what reality is so I always ask Mm -hmm. everyone what
1: is reality to you? (laughs) Kind of just I'm like everything is real like everything is my reality Mm. you know like in that regard like although I now know I live in this illusion where my senses tell me everything is real and hard, and I'm, I know better now. I've been educated, but this is still my reality. This is what, I, and it's real. Although I know that the so-called unseen world that people would say is unreal, not real, is probably more realer to me than it's ever been.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: so I find a balance between you know the unseen world and this physical world, and everything in between is real. There's nothing that I experience that isn't. Real yeah 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 <laughs> you know like yeah. yeah that's 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 the premise that I come from now so back in the days people say, ah oh, your dreams are not real. You know, they're just dreams. Mm-hmm. And I just, I'd never, I, as I said, I didn't buy that from a five, six-year-old. I didn't buy, I was like, nah, my dreams are real. Yeah, they tell <laughs> they they tell me before that alarm goes yeah, off. Yeah, <laughs> that's real. You that's get helping realer me. Than yeah. that. There's no yeah. human being that's <laughs> ever given me that, that yeah, kind of yeah. insight, you know, like to that degree. So for me, I, I, yeah, I've grown with not, not being sure, like what's real, what isn't. But I'm, like, yeah, everything is real. Everything is real. Yeah, yeah. And even the illusion, even, you know, like, plastic is real you know like yeah, it's yeah. real like all synthetic stuff that is man-made is real yeah. you know, down to the things that we can't really put our finger on and get our head around is also real it's mm. like it's all
0: real yeah the the other question uh i said final question but the other question is that what, what do you feel um you know as we were talking about psychedelics earlier you said that nothing can prepare you for that all the astral projection or meditation mm. what do you feel is more realistic or I wouldn't say intense because you would say probably psychedelics, but what Mm -hmm. would you say is more a real reality when you're in it, in this physical realm or when you're in a trip state? What feels more like to Mm -hmm. what is
1: actually a place or they're both the same? It's a tricky question. Yeah, it is, but I'll answer it this way. Like, so prior to the experience... I can't wait to get onto that side Yeah, because yeah. um, it's like fucking it's real. <laughs> you know, it's, like, it's real, you know? Yeah. And then sometimes I'm on that side just because even sometimes I'm on that side and I can't wait to get back to the real world, Mm-mm. which is this world. Yeah. yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, And I've used those terms. It's like, bro, you're just a walking contradiction, Darren, you know what I'm saying? Like, because you're, <laughs> you're saying, either here or there. yeah. And yeah. it's like, ah, oh, and that's what I'm saying. These, that the practices and the teachings that I'm picking up, like they've shown me that it's, it's metaphysical. It's a, it's it, like, we don't need to try to separate it. Yeah, of course. This is this and it's like, no, like this is part of that and that is part of this, you know, if you get into quantum physics and all that type, that's what they talk about. Well, when the atoms disappear from here, where do they go to? They go to this (laughs) other place like where we would say that's not real, you know, this other place, but I guess it is. It is, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like So yeah, this is the paradox You know, Mm -hmm. the walking contradictions yeah, yeah. yeah, that we experience. So for me, yeah, very much side. I'm on there and it's very much real. And I'm on the other side sometimes and it's very much unreal. It's unbelievable. It's uncomparable to anything I've ever experienced on here. And I can't pull it back. I can't pull that back here Mm. to even try to start to describe what this realness or unrealness is like, because it's like beyond (laughs) this here and but there's certain things here on earth that I experienced that you can't explain like can you explain to someone an orgasm <laughs> nah. you know, how that like that's something you need to experience yeah, yeah, it's almost like
0: yeah so even the body itself i mean you know your nails are growing your hair is growing you know yeah. your eyes blink without you know and you're yeah, breathing yeah. you only know when you only know you're in the body when something's wrong with it <laughs> yeah, for, real, for real so it's true <laughs> um, do you have anything you want to shout out Any projects you're doing lately or coming out soon? Yeah, for
1: sure, for sure. Good timing, man. So I've just this week, because I don't know when this comes out, but this week at least, um, I'll launch my new webinar series. Yeah not even new their yeah, first brand new webinar series I've had a few you know online things because of the pandemic and stuff that like spurred a lot of that on but I've got a series that I've put together called Psychedelics in Africa The Untold Story
0: yeah I saw that today just to say as well it's a wicked edit video yeah, it looks dope man I love it real cool people around yeah,
1: me yeah. now man like yeah. believe few believe <laughs> <laughs> like yeah let's do let's do some cool stuff together yeah sick so on um, but that all came from my very first presentation that I put together and it wasn't even a presentation it was just a research that I was doing. Mm-hmm. I was doing my own research for my own benefit. I shared some of that with Kalindi and I also shared it with one of the organisers at Breaking Convention who was saying, yo, we need more people out there doing some presentations. Like, I don't know, Kalindi's <laughs> the only guy I know doing this stuff. So yeah, yeah. Like, let's, let's just get him over more and more and more. And eventually she coaxed me into, and solely Kalindi say, yo, you should just like bring some of your research, put it together, put some slides together and present it. And that was the first thing I ever done in 2013. Yeah, I'd done a breaking convention, and that was like a a half an hour... presentation that I've done. And that was 2011, we're now in 2022, I believe. So I've been told yeah, yeah. <laughs> all these years later, I've now developed that. And there's like eight hours worth of content, basically. There's like eight hours worth of content I've put together. It's not just me talking and saying my piece, although that is a big part of it, but there's, you know, like visual slides, animation that's going to be going with it. There's like resources that be provided, like articles, all the things that I'm referencing, the articles, reading lists, just everything you would need to get your starter pack. For looking at psychedelics in Africa yeah, yeah. and I say that to say that that is the focus that is the heart because that's the center where you know anybody knows about permaculture that's like zone zero and as we zone out and we get into other places basically you see that it's connected to other stories other legacies other mythologies so being born and bred here in the UK I bring it right back here and take you back to Africa mm-hmm. and all, all around so it's like world history like somebody said to me yesterday he's like well we, we it is suggested that we all come from Africa that's what some people have, yeah, believed, yeah, have yeah. heard. Well, then it's the world history that I'm talking about. It's the world story. Like, mm. and let's not just restrict it to that. You know, um, that one, that landmass of the continent that we call Africa. Because just like I shared that presentation, the first people from that we know from that continent are actually a global people. They're not actually just restricted to the continent of Africa. Yeah, of course. So I'll show you that. are oh, these people are the same people that are in Cornwall. Mm. The same people that I went to Mexico to go find out about. The same people that you yeah, find yeah. in different parts in the world. Like. The record if you dive a bit deeper, suggest that it's mm. the same people. Yeah, so, of course. Yeah, that's what yeah, I go yeah. into. So outside of just psychedelics, it's like yeah, just world history, man. So yeah, you could come to my website, yeah, yeah. dot It's also like that. It's been housed on on Vimeo. So like, if you just do a Google search, yeah, yeah, we'll Aaron. put we'll put
0: all the links yeah, below yeah, anyway. Everything, yeah, yeah. everything there's there. Different
1: ways of accessing it, but either or there's not like yeah much other than that, that I'm doing outside of your yeah, yeah, clothing yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. People can check out the website and see that like what in-person events that I do. Mm. I'm here in the UK for a few few more months so I'm about to do this stuff around the country. But again, by the time this comes out, I might be somewhere else. So who <laughs> knows? But, <yeah. laughs> it should
0: be soon anyway. It should be sort of November, December time. Um, yeah, the best got... way is just to get on the website, man. Yeah, like, yeah, see yeah for sure. see where I'm at and what I'm doing. Have you got any more shroom shops? Have you got one coming up? Or... Yeah, 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 so
1: that, yeah. I do those regular, like when Regularly. I'm in the UK, those are like, at least once a month pretty much twice a month in London at least yeah yeah and um, I'm gonna be doing one a week. You know, I'm doing one in London. I have got one in Bristol coming up. One in Brighton coming up. One in Manchester coming up. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. It's just like wherever I am, busy,
0: busy, y'all. Yeah, yeah, that's what I do.
1: Busy but good. It's not work. It's mm, like exactly. Yeah, it's what I love doing, my man. Like to this day, I feel indebted to the mushrooms for allowing me to be an ambassador for them and do what I mm. now am passionate about and love doing. And it's like light work, and not light work. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, it's light work,
0: man. New Age. <laughs> <way. laughs> <I roll, laughs> yeah, yeah, I roll
1: light. It's easy. It doesn't. Seem like work. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think I was taught by the best for my actual teachers who taught me, mm. you know, ed- have educated me on this realm and the other realm and through the mushrooms. And then them students who I was working with, man, who prepared me to be like a good teacher, you know, because yeah. I had to find engaging ways of teaching these kids who didn't want to learn what I had to, what I was, you know, there to Just share. To do, yeah, now yeah. I'm in rooms where people are like, oh, I'm actually coming to learn this stuff, mm. man. So it's like, oh, it's like a better, it's an easier audience and people, you know, students, so to speak, to work with. Yeah. So, yeah all of those means and ways of getting access you know through the website through the youtube channels and the instagrams and you'll find and
0: you've got patreon as well
1: right yes yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm I'm getting there slowly
0: (laughs) but surely i'm
1: gonna put it on the t-shirt yeah yeah. just just the ways
0: well it's a lot now if you're if you're you know we're all one being in a sense Mm -hmm. and it's like now you've got probably eight different places you can go on the internet in a sense of platform here platform here so yeah it's always I always forget what I've got to say. It's one link. There you go. (laughs) Link tree as
1: well. Yeah, link link tree. There you go. Something like
0: that. Um. Well, thanks so much for your time today. And uh, it's, it's been an education. Like, and I think what you're doing is amazing. It's great. And to express it to the younger generation as well, and especially kids that need help in that avenue, that the school system definitely hasn't helped or haven't been able to educate in certain ways, I think it's great. Oh, no, I really so thanks, thanks. That, man. Sorry about the flyers as well. <laughs> uh, course, you know, you where know, the
1: shit <laughs> <laughs> but With that said, no, I appreciate you being consistent, reaching out and, you know, making yeah, sure, sure it happens. And like I, like, I see what you're doing, man. So I was just thinking, yeah. For me, it's like I always talk about the usual suspects. Like we're seeing the same people doing the same stuff over mm-hmm. and over again. So when I saw your stuff, I was like oh, it's different, in it, like yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, like that in itself was interested <laughs> enough for me to be like, yeah, let's collaborate and and make it happen. So yeah, just keep doing it, man. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Thank you so much.
0: Nice one, man. <laughs>